I'm Dave Champion. A couple of days ago, I released a presentation in which I looked at a dozen randomly selected states to see what their SARS-CoV-2 numbers are doing as far as new daily infections. And just like the rest of the nation, the numbers have plummeted. So every morning, because I do things like this, I get up and I look and see what's going on with the SARS-CoV-2 numbers, educate myself, stay informed. This morning, I just randomly said, you know what, let me look at Minnesota. I had no idea what Minnesota's numbers were, and the numbers are since November 18th. They're down 93% in new daily infections, and that's the story across the entire country. So it got me thinking about acid testing statewide reopening. Before I get to the issue of reopening a state, let's take a look at some of the fundamentals that we've been living with for the last 14 months. Let's start with wearing masks. And I wanna start with the basic premise that research concerning the wearing of masks conducted over the last 100 years, not a single study, and I think that's very important to understand, not one in 100 years, has ever concluded that having a population wear a mask will slow or stop the spread of a virus. I think that's, that's so important for us to understand that there's this narrative that's going on that is completely unsupported by a hundred years of research. But since the narrative is what it is, Let's look at what that narrative has been. Now, it started, before this all got politicized, the recommendations by virtually every health organization in the world, most especially here in the United States, was wear a mask if social distancing is not feasible. Okay? So that's an entirely different message than I think most Americans perceive the narrative to be today, which is step out of your house and wear a mask. Where did that narrative come from? It's always been, or before it was politicized, it always was by every reputable health organization, wear a mask, when social distancing is not feasible. So why has it always been if social distancing is not feasible? Okay, so you've all heard the argument made by pro-maskers that, well, the masks stop the droplets. I mean, that's true. Who could argue against that? If, you're gonna, if you've got effluvient coming out of your nose or spittle coming out of your mouth and you've got a mask, it's uh, dramatically less likely to get on somebody else if you're wearing a mask, right? That's just common sense. But I want to use myself as an example. You can then look at it from your own perspective. In the four, probably for my entire life, but I'm going to limit this conversation to the 14 months of the epidemic here in the United States. Uh, in those 14 months, I have never once sneezed on anyone. Sneezed in such a way that mucus from my nose got on anyone. Zero. I have not coughed on anyone. So whatever liquid might be in my mouth, saliva, etc., has never spewed out <laughs> onto anybody else. Not once. I have never spoken in such a way that spittle has flown out of my mouth onto somebody else's face. Never once. Okay. 
those are the droplets. When you hear the mass stop the droplets, that's what people are talking about. It's not like droplets of sweat out of your armpit or you're passing gas. <laughs> that's not what they're talking about. It's sneezing, coughing, and talking in such a way that spittle leaves your mouth and gets on somebody else's face. That is what the droplet dialogue has been about. So I'm just going to use myself as the example. Since I've never done that in 14 months, what would a mask have accomplished? Because the mask is intended to stop something I'm not doing anyway. So that, I think, illustrates sort of the... Uh, societal programming. It doesn't matter what you're doing or not doing. Our masks have become an article of allegiance. And of course, masks have become an issue of social programming, behavioral programming. Just a couple days ago, I had to go into Vegas for business and my significant other went with me. And as we're driving down the road, we had a bunch of things we had to get to. As we're driving down the road, she starts counting people walking down the sidewalk with masks. Now, I want to be very clear, it wasn't a cold day. They weren't keeping their face warm. It was 70 degrees, sunny, no wind, absolutely amazingly gorgeous, especially for February, the dead of winter, right? So she's counting people. By the time we were done running around, she was well over 60 people walking down the sidewalk by themselves on a beautiful day with amazing fresh air and sunshine. Muzzled. Social distancing. Scientists and researchers actually refer to it as physical distancing. Um, to put out to the public, they call it social distancing. I guess they think that the public's going to be more receptive to that. But when you read research documents, they refer to it as physical distancing. And again, it's, it's like if you're wearing a mask and you snot out of your nose, it's not going to get on somebody else. It's social distancing, just like the mask scenario, is common sense. But just like the mask scenario that I discussed, if you're not, if spittle isn't coming out of your mouth, you're not sneezing on people, you're not coughing on people, then the mask is meaningless if you're not doing those things to begin with. Okay, so social distancing, does it make sense? Sure, we're back to the droplet issue, right? That's what this all comes down to whenever you're talking about a contagious virus that causes an upper respiratory infection. It's all about the droplet. So the concept of physical distancing is if you have SARS-CoV-2, maybe you have COVID-19, which is the part where you start to get symptoms and you might tend to sneeze or cough on somebody, then if I stand, just to throw out an arbitrary number of feet, if I stand 12 feet from you, I'm not going to get whatever it is, you're, whatever effluviant you're putting out, it's not going to get on me. Carry on. Have a nice day. So physical distancing in that regard makes sense. However, with this whole physical distancing thing, everybody's just listening to the media. They don't actually read the research. Okay, So here's the CDC, not the most reliable source of information. Nevertheless, the CDC initially said that you should not be within six feet. Okay, So you're not six feet threw a dart at the dartboard instead of six feet. Okay, so you should not be within six feet of anyone during a pandemic for more than 15 minutes. That was their original thing, that your odds of getting SARS-CoV-2, if you're within six feet of an infected person for 15 minutes, your odds go up. Okay, now they're talking about face-to-face, -face, having a conversation. They don't meet two people <laughs> with their backs to one another, okay? So within six feet, face-to-face, for 15 minutes. Then the next iteration is they said, well, it's not 15 minutes straight. If you talk to that person for three, 
five-minute periods face-to-face, your odds are considerably higher of contracting SARS-CoV-2. But we're still back to the droplets thing. If I'm standing literally my face-to-face, 24 inches from you, and you have SARS-CoV-2 in you, and you don't cough on me, you don't sneeze on me, and you don't talk in such a way that spittle flies out of your mouth onto my face, it doesn't matter if I'm 24 inches away from you for five hours <laughs> because the virus doesn't just float around in the air, okay? That, that was mythology at the beginning. That was a lot of uh, clickbait stuff. It doesn't do that. It does. Viruses don't just float around in the air. Sorry, it doesn't work that way. I love the whole social distancing in places like Home Depot and grocery stores because remember, the masks are meant to stop the droplets. So we have to presume that somebody in some place like Home Depot, Walmart, the grocery store is going to be sneezing on you, coughing on you, or talking in such a way that spittle flies out of their mouth onto your face, right? Okay, so you're supposed to wear a mask if you can't social distance. But now we take the CDC advice concerning social distancing and the problem, the threat, the risk is being face-to-face, less than six feet, with an infected person for five minutes, three different occasions. Okay, So, does that ever happen in the grocery store? Okay, I'm a social guy, it might happen for me. But for the vast majority of people, it's not happening at Home Depot, it's not happening at the grocery store. So yeah, this whole construct is just so ridiculous when you know what the research actually indicates. All right, so having reviewed the rules, the principles behind mask wearing and physical distancing. Now let's get on to reopening the states. And I want to be the first one to say what I'm about to suggest is absolutely not going to happen because there are idiots in charge of a whole bunch of states. So we take a state like South Dakota, where you, Christy Noem is the governor. She's been a, a shining light for liberty throughout this whole thing. And her state had, I think the last time I looked, which was four or five days ago, a 98% reduction in new daily infections. They're almost down to zero. So somebody like Christy Noem, who gets it, would probably do what I'm about to suggest, but she never locked her state down. She never imposed draconian measures in the first place. So there's nothing for a rational person with common sense like Christy Noem to do because she never did the bad stuff in the first place. So now we have to look at places like New York with Cuomo and California with Newsom and my home state here in Nevada with the idiot Sisolak. So are these guys going to be the ones to acid test reopening? All right, so let me tell you what I mean by acid testing reopening. New Daily infections are in free fall in every state of the union. The United States has reached comprehensive natural herd immunity and the cases are free falling. Okay. So once your population has hit herd immunity, there's a very rare circumstance in which cases can go back up just a little bit, just a wee bit. Okay. But that's not what we're talking about here. I want to be very clear about that. That's, that's something that's going to come into play come spring. We'll see a little uptick, and, but that's a different discussion than we're having now. I want to be clear, though, that there is that going to happen. So right now, with the nation in herd immunity and cases across the country in free fall, the numbers cannot go back up. <laughs> that's what herd immunity is all about. Once a community has hit this gigantic pool of people who've been infected already, 
whether or not they got the disease is a whole other issue. They've been infected and they have the antibodies. And so your pool of susceptible people getting smaller and smaller and smaller, okay, the cases are never going to rise because this is the population that would be required to get it for the numbers to rise, and they've already had it and have antibodies and are immune. So once you've hit herd immunity, cases cannot rise, okay? The only place cases can rise is in this small percentage of people who are still susceptible, and that brings us back to the spring thing, which I'm not gonna get into today. I'll probably make a video on that here in, in the coming future. So now let me wrap this all up. We've talked about the silliness of masks. We've talked about the fact, the reality of what physical distancing is, how it's supposed to work if you actually follow the research rather than the government and media dogma. So we wrap all that up with the fact that we're in herd immunity already. When I say acid test, I would love to see a governor simply say, you know what? We did all of these draconian things because numbers were going up. We'll leave aside whether or not all those things mattered, okay? <laughs> we did all those things because the numbers were going up. But now that the numbers are in free fall, let's stop. Let's open our society back up. Now, the reason I say it's an acid test is if we could get one of these lame-ass governors to do this, here's what you would see. The governor would say, wave his magic wand and say, I'm no longer exercising emergency powers, okay? There's no mandate in the state anymore. There's no social distancing mandate. Every single business can reopen to full capacity. We're not screwing with you anymore. All of the measures that we took are now gone, zero. We're back to normal. The reason I say that's acid testing is because the cases would continue to plummet. But the mindset that they have is going to prevent them from doing what I just suggested, which would prove that we're at herd immunity. It would prove those measures were worthless in the first place, which they would never do in a million years. If they were smart, they'd take the heat for that and say, hey, look, we were learning on the fly. We were doing what we thought was right. It may have turned out that it wasn't the best or the smartest or the most productive, but we did it with good intent. We were looking out for you, even if that wasn't true. That's the way they should play this, right? Then they should say, but as soon as we realized that the cases were in free fall, we'd hit herd immunity, I opened it back up immediately so our economy could get back in shape. People could get the surgeries they need. They could be diagnosed with the illnesses that they have and treated by their doctors rather than staying away from the hospitals out of fear of being infected. So suicides would drop down. We could open schools. We'd have no more uh, youth suicide, or we'd have a lot fewer youth suicides because we'd have people back in a communal environment where they feel healthier. And on and on, these, these governors could own this. They could make this the most positive thing they've done in the last 14 months. But yeah, that's not who they are.